0: Chapter 10 of Gypsy the Talking Dog A Story for Young Folks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gillian Hendry. Gypsy the Talking Dog A Story for Young Folks by Tudor Jenks. Chapter 10 The Sailor and the Ship. All the rest of that evening, Gypsy wandered about the city, without bringing himself any nearer to finding out how to begin his voyage across the ocean. He met many city dogs, but while a few barked or growled at him, most of them he found too busy to pay any attention to him. He exchanged greetings with one or two, and growls with one or two more, and that was all. Presently dusk came, and Gypsy saw that he must be thinking of lodgings for the night, Now, this was something he knew little about. He had always gone to his master's home, and so had no experience in securing other quarters for the night. He tried to make friends with one stray dog, and to ask questions, but the dog laughed at him. You're no tramp dog, he told Gypsy, or you wouldn't be wearing a silk necktie. So the bow that had helped him was, in this case, worse than useless, and Gypsy was forced to rely on his own wits. Once he thought himself in luck, for, coming to a deserted alley, he saw it filled with old boxes and barrels, in one of which he felt he might sleep dry and warm for the night. Gypsy turned joyfully into the alley, and began to poke about to select the box that was most comfortable. While he was nosing here and there, suddenly he heard a fierce growling, and a big bulldog came at him, with a whole broadside of white teeth, saying in a terrifying tone, Get out of this, or I'll shake every tooth out of your jaw. Gypsy was no coward, but he saw no use in fighting, and so he turned and retreated. But he didn't hurry himself, he simply went somewhere else. His next venture was luckier. He came upon an old iron pipe, lying in a vacant lot. One end of the pipe was against the corner of the fence, and Gypsy backed into it and went to sleep, knowing he could defend himself against anything small enough to crawl into his lodging. He woke rather late next morning, and at once betook himself to the search for somebody that looked like the sailors he had seen on board the steamer. But first Gypsy was clever enough to find his way back to the butcher shop, where, though the butcher was busy, he was fed and treated kindly. Then Gypsy wandered out into the city streets again, gradually going further town, because since it was early morning, most of the men seemed to be going that way. It was nearly noon, and Gypsy had wandered down toward the Brooklyn ferries when he saw a sailor. The man was dressed in dark blue trousers, a rough flannel shirt, and a queer round cap. But Gypsy would not have known he was a sailor, except for his rolling gait. The man walked as if the sidewalk was tipped to and fro under him. Aha, said the dog to himself, there's a sailor at last. Now I'll just keep him in sight until he goes to some ship. Then I'll know what to do. It was not difficult to keep near the man, for he walked slowly, continually looking about him. Gypsy decided that he must be a stranger in the city, and most likely a foreigner, for the sailor seemed to be interested by everything he saw. He gazed into shop windows, stopped at the corners, looked up at the tallest buildings, and spoke to no one. Of course Gypsy couldn't tell whether he had just come ashore, or how soon he would return to his ship but the dog could think of nothing better to do than to follow and take chances there were other sailors met now and then and there seemed no reason why gypsy did not follow one of them except that the first sailor he had seen somehow pleased him better than the others at last all question of leaving his first choice was put aside for the sailor happening to run into an old clerk who came hurrying out of a doorway said removing his hat So Gypsy knew that he had by chance chosen a French sailor, and he decided to follow this one to the end, if there seemed any hope of his going aboard a ship. And follow him he did until noon, when the sailor entered a restaurant in a street bordered on one side by houses and on the other by docks and ships. Gypsy was delighted when he came to this street and began to believe he should find a way of crossing the ocean to Europe, and he was so afraid of losing sight of his guide That he sat down near the door of the eating-house to wait until the sailor should come out. There was much loud talking and laughing inside, and Gypsy soon learned from what he overheard that some of the other men were making fun of the French sailor's broken English. At first the talk was good-natured, but as it went on it became ill-humoured, and at last ended in a quarrel. There was some scuffling, and then the French sailor came flying out, with one of the others running after him. Both were going at the top of their speed, but the Frenchman was the lighter-footed, and soon gained so far on the pursuer that the other gave up the chase, and returned to the eating-house. As the Frenchman had dashed out, he had dropped his hat. There was no time to turn back for it, and the man ran on bareheaded. Gypsy, seeing a chance to do the man a kindness, picked up the hat, and tore away after the French sailor. Gypsy did not have far to go, for the sailor soon stopped his wild flight, and fell into a walk. Gypsy trotted along behind carrying his hat in his mouth. When the sailor at last noticed the little dog following, he was delighted to recover his hat, praised Gypsy, patted him, and talked French in a way that warmed the little dog's heart toward him, especially as the sailor was a handsome, black-eyed young fellow, with a smiling mouth and kindly voice. The two made friends at once, and the sailor walked on, with Gypsy following close at his heel. You'd make a good sailor's dog, the sailor said in French, and Gypsy barked and jumped about, Very well, then, the sailor went on. Come aboard with me. We sail this afternoon, and if the old man doesn't say no, you shall sniff salt air. Of course Gypsy was delighted, and followed more willingly than ever, feeling that he was born to good luck. The two turned in at a doorway on the water side of the street, and the sailor, picking Gypsy up in his arms, carried him into a queer room where there was a great crowd of people. It was a ferry, but Gypsy didn't know that and the dog was very much surprised when they went on the ferry-boat and put off from shore. Gypsy enjoyed the trip across the river, but thought it the shortest voyage he had ever known. Reaching the other side, the sailor set him down again, and then, after a not very long walk, they found themselves on a long wooden pier, beside a real ocean-going vessel, but one much smaller than that on which Gypsy had crossed the ocean. The sailor again lifted Gypsy, and climbing up a steep plank took him aboard the steamer what you got there jack asked another sailor who was mending his jacket sitting cross-legged on the deck a little friend i made in new york i got into a sort of scrap with some persons in a place and when they called me frog-eater i pulled the nose of one then i ran and my cap it fell off and this little fellow ran behind at my feet and brought me my cap with much kindness "'Then I asked, will you become a sailor's dog?' "'And he did wag his tail, and so I adopted him.' Cap'n won't have it,' said the other sailor. "'That is to be known,' said the French sailor. "'I can but ask.' "'Come,' he said to Gypsy, and took him forward into the forecastle. Gypsy was so pleased to be really on a steamer again that he found even the sailor's dark, crowded quarters very delightful. "'At all events,' thought Gypsy, This is better than sleeping in a pipe on a vacant lot. The captain came aboard that afternoon, and Gypsy was soon wakened out of a nap to be taken up on deck and exhibited. The captain seemed gruff, but not ill-natured. He looked at Gypsy and snapped his fingers. Gypsy sat up and kept still. Then the captain took a lump of sugar out of his pocket and tossed it toward the dog. Gypsy had been well taught in tricks, and he caught the sugar very cleverly. The captain laughed and held out his hand. Gypsy gave him a paw. "'He looks smart,' said the captain, "'and he obeys well. He can do no harm, and he may catch a rat or two, so you may keep him, Jack.' "'Thank you, sir,' said the sailor. "'But,' the captain went on, "'take off that ribbon. You can make him a sailor collar out of some stuff, but I won't have ladies lapdogs on my ship.' "'Yes, sir,' said Jack, untying the ribbon and throwing it over the side. "'Come below,' he said to Gypsy, and I'll make you a collar more in ship shape style. And Gypsy went forward, thankful that he was to begin his voyage, and thinking that even Galopoff would hardly have managed better. End of chapter ten